We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to another edition. In fact, it's the Friday edition, Friday, May 19th of the Roto-Wire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pizapia. With me is John McKechnie, who had the unfortunate pleasure of not having to work with me just once, but actually twice this week. Uh, are you recovering? Are you doing okay? Are you ready for today? Yeah, I had to lay down with like a wet rag on my head for a while after that. But uh, That's good. I, Put your feet up, elevate the feet, make sure the blood's going to the brain and all that. Yeah. Fire up the iron long. But uh, <laughs> but I think uh, you know by yesterday afternoon I was starting to starting to feel back to normal. So uh, you know this will just take me out just in time for the weekend. Well, that's good. That's good. I gave you a day buffer, and now you'll be day to day for the rest of the weekend. All right. So let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's start with the pitching board over here. And uh, well, it all begins with Chris Sale at twelve thousand dollars. I know it's at Oakland. That's a good pitcher's ballpark. Sale's been brilliant. I mean, in cash games, it's hard right now to not go with Chris Sale. Do you find this cost prohibitive with the other pitchers that are out there and the options available for you in cash games, or is Chris Sale worth the 12K? Uh, I mean, I really do think he is worth it for as far as your cash games go. It really does strap you, but at the same time, there's so many other bad pitchers going tonight that you can find cheap bats that are facing them uh, and kind of fill up fill out your lineup that way and still you know lock in sale in the in, in that ballpark and uh, the A's aren't going to have yonder Alonzo I mean not that he would have been particularly effective against sale anyway because he's a lefty but uh, still I mean that's one of the best bats that the A's have right now and he's going to be sitting uh, so I mean geez it's it's really hard to go against sale right now and he's just right you, you know he's going to rack up at least 10 K's I mean, yeah, he is on a, a, an incredible run so far. Talk about a change of scenery, helping a guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I guess he really hated pitching in Chicago. I guess the White Sox were really a drain on him. And those darn, darn jerseys. Matter. Yeah, those stupid jerseys with the stupid V-necks. <laughs> oh, God, the worst. Good thing Where are the scissors? 
I know. It's a good thing you didn't play in the 80s. Could you imagine? You would have been in AAA his whole career. <laughs> or like the, the White Sox uniforms when they had to wear shorts or whatever in the I was 70s. just talking about those on my <laughs> show the other day. The shorts with the numbers and the collared pirate mm. shirts. That's a good look. <laughs> now, that might be – that's before your time. I barely remember that in my childhood. But I don't know whose idea that that thought playing Major League Baseball in shorts was a good idea. But, <laughs> wow. But the collared – I got to say, the collared pirate shirt, not bad. All right. So, if, you're, if you can't stomach the salary for sale, Another guy that's been striking out a fair amount of double-digit games, too. I mean, we're talking about 13, 10, 12, and then 11, and that's just in his last 10, is Jacob deGrom. He's got a, a good matchup, I would say, today. Uh, he's going up against Ricky Nolasco in Los Angeles. So can you stomach deGrom for the 10K instead at 10,400 if you really just don't want to go up to the very top of the board? I mean, it seems like Sale will give – I mean – Sale and DeGrom, you're talking about both double-digit K potential right now. I mean, that's maybe a little under-discussed right now when it comes to Jacob DeGrom. That's true. I think that that uh, he's sort of flying under the radar because I think most of the buzz right now about the Mets is just kind of, uh, you know, that, that big article about how they handle their injuries and, and all this and that. Uh, and, you know, just your general columns about Terry Collins and whatnot. But, yeah, DeGrom has been, you know, kind of flying under the radar is a huge bright spot this year. And like you said, he's been getting those 10-plus uh, strikeout games all over the place here. And, uh, you know, the, that Angels lineup outside of Trout really doesn't have anyone that, that particularly scares you at this stage. So, uh, yeah, for 1600 less, uh, he makes a good bit of sense as a nice pivot off of sale. Now, Alex was the other guy that, you know, clearly has some – uh, attraction for most of us today. Uh, he's healthy now. He's been much better of recent. Uh, the K per nine rate's very strong. And that Marlins team that he's got is, you know, right now struggling at, to say the very least. Uh, how do you like Alex Wood tonight? Is he your GPP play? Is is he your guy that you feel even a two-start site that uh, he's a good investment where he's at? Uh, I think so, absolutely. You know, uh, He's a guy that used to be, you know, a very promising pitcher and then uh, all these injuries kind of happened, but then some injuries happened within that Dodgers rotation that kind of opened up a spot for him and he's really taken advantage of it. I mean, he's at uh, 12.1K per nine right now, which is ridiculous. Uh, his, his velocity is uh, the best of his career, like a tick under 93. Uh, and like you like you said, that Marlins team, it's got some names on it, um, but at the same time, they, they have been kind of struggling as a group uh, for the most part. So... Uh, I mean, they couldn't even really light up Hunjin Ryu last night. So, I mean, if that's any indication, uh, then, you know, I think that Wood is certainly a guy that I'm considering uh, for GPP. And I think uh, Nathan Carnes is, is another guy uh, that I would have to consider here. Over his last three starts, uh, he's got 29 strikeouts. Um, the the win potential isn't particularly high because the, the Royals can kind of struggle from time to time. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the strikeouts have been very reliable, and he's not really letting anyone get on base there either. I'm going to give you one more, and it's Taiwan Walker at 7,600 tonight. The last time he faced the San Diego Padres, uh, he struck out 11 guys, threw up 61 points. So the Padres struck out nine times last night. I'm uh, just going to hate on the Padres because I can. And because there's strikeouts out there. So for 7,600, you want to go that complete other route, I think you can get it done. All right, let's start uh, talking about some of the guys we want to pick apart here. Uh, now, well, Actually, before we do, let's talk about Benia. All right, and not Bobby Bonilla, who's still getting paid by the New York Mets from now <laughs> until my children are in college, but Lizzo Bonilla. I know you said you wanted to uh, chat about him a little bit today. Yeah, I mean, he's had uh, you know solid outings uh, the last two times he's been out, um, but I think that 
I think that he might be a little bit of uh, fool's gold tonight because he did give up two home runs his last time out to San Francisco in San Francisco, and now he's going against the Rockies uh, at Great American Ballpark. I know that the Rockies might be a little bit road-weary after playing a, a doubleheader uh, on Thursday, but, geez, uh, I have a hard time uh, thinking that Bonilla gets through even five innings uh, unscathed here. All right, so let's go to some of the other guys we want to go against. We mentioned Ricky Nolasco, Matt Moore's on there, Trevor Bauer, uh, you know, pitchers who get lit up. That's our favorite kind of pitcher when we're looking yes. for offense. And, of course, let's not forget our, our good friend, uh, Mr. Jared Weaver, as well, who uh, maybe some Diamondbacks are in play today. Yeah, exactly. I, I uh, you know, did some digging into into that baseball savant website. Now I looked at who's given up, uh, you know, the highest average exit velocity, and you know, we have like four pitchers I think that are that are in the top ten here with with Moore and Alasco, uh, Trevor Bauer, who's given up the second hardest uh, contact in baseball, and Kendall Graveman. Uh, so all those guys are in the top ten. Tyler Anderson and Jared Weaver both in the top twenty five as far as uh, weighted on base allowed. So I mean, there's a lot to to choose from. So I think that like. The Astros uh, going against Bauer at home. The way the Astros are playing right now, it's it's uh, you know you can't use Sale and some Astros really, in my opinion. But if you want to go down the board a pitcher, I, I would say definitely load up uh, on your Astros here. And then uh, going against Nolasco, I think uh, maybe some Mets might actually be in play too. My God, really? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Serious? Oh uh, wow, that's 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 how you know it's a fun night to be playing when the Mets are involved. <laughs> All right, let's go over to a catcher, and uh, there's a guy who's got some great split stats that you've uh, shown us, and it's Alex Avila at 3K. He's at 400, four home runs, 12 RBIs against right-handed pitching. He's got Nick Martinez tonight, so is he a must-own pretty much tonight in all your lineups as a building block? I, I think so. I think that he's he's the best option there, you know, the best combination of price and, and upside here. I mean, he... He really just looks like a different player right now. I watched, you know, all those Tigers Orioles games this week, so got a good uh, look at him. And you know, he looks like he's every at bat seems to be really quality from him. And going against a guy like Nick Martinez, a right-hander that you know I think has an ERA over five, I think Avila is definitely uh, my favorite catcher uh, for this evening. Anybody else that uh, looks like they might be a good worthy investment for you at the catcher position, whether it be a value or if there is a guy worth paying up to the top for. Well, uh, just just kind of like how Cano was when we were banging the gavel, saying that he was going to get back. Uh, Lucroy is back to being respected by yes. by the FanDuel salary gods. Uh, you know, he's at three thousand now. Uh, I think that he makes some sense on the other side of that game up in Detroit this evening. I, maybe you'll have to look at wind to make sure that uh, it's not like blowing in twenty miles an hour or anything crazy like we've seen across the Midwest for a lot of this week. But I think Lucroy uh, makes some sense as well. Grandall, I think I saw a stat last night where he's seventeen of his last thirty six. Uh, so that's uh, not bad by my approximation, uh, and he's going against Miami. So I think that uh, Grandal makes some sense as well at just 3,100. All right, let's go over to first base here. Obviously, you got the big boys top of the board. Well, one big boy won't be there for a while. It's Freddie Freeman. We all know that. So that's uh, that's upsetting. You know, be- oh, not because I mean I'm not a Braves fan, but it's just upsetting in the sense that it's a shame because fantasy owners were starting to really get the rewards of Freddie Freeman. They were we were just. Uh, talking about on the podcast a couple nights ago before he got hit and that he was challenging for MVP, yeah, MVP honors. Yeah, I, without a doubt. And and it's just, it's too bad because you could see Atlanta with the Marlins being bad, the Phillies being bad, the Mets being, you know, what the Mets are, which is completely injured and atrocious, that the Braves really had an opening, not maybe not to challenge the Nationals, 
but maybe challenge the wild card. And Freddie Freeman right now, I mean, that's just uh, that's just a shame. But let's talk about Paul Goldschmidt, forty seven hundred at San Diego. I know it's at San Diego. I know the you know pitcher ballpark, blah blah blah. But it's a little bit more even since they've made the adjustments to it. Right. Uh, Joey Votto's got the lefty. Is that forty four hundred dollar salary against the lefty? Is that too much for you? I think so. I think that the weather looks like it might be in play there a little bit as well. So that's one that you'll kind of have to keep an eye on throughout the day. Uh, Votto against the lefty doesn't really bother me like like some other heavy hitting first basemen that are lefties. Um, you know, he's more of a just a, a hitter that can take what a pitcher gives him and, and you know drive it to all parts of the field. So he's he's very complete in that regard. But I, I think that. At forty four hundred, I'd I'd rather go down the board a little bit here. Um, I think Jose Abreu at thirty eight hundred uh, against Ariel Miranda in Seattle, which I think also gets that that rep as being a, a bit of a pitcher's park. But actually, uh, the ball's been flying out of there over the past few years. Those home run numbers are up, and maybe that's partially because they have you know Cruz and Cano now to to kind of beef that up. But at the same time, I, I'm not like afraid of using a hitter. Uh, out at Safeco. So I think that Abreu makes some sense there. And Mark Rounds' price is is down to 3,800. So again, that's in that Cincinnati game. But uh, for the way he's been hitting, I think 3,800 is a total steal. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. I think Ryan Zimmerman's a trap tonight, by the way, guys. He's been a little bit, you know, starting to cool off, starting to come back down to earth. And he's got the matchup against the knuckleballer. That's never something that you can really gauge well, in my opinion. It's just a you know, uh, that, that's like throwing it to the wall and seeing what sticks there. You know, exactly. you, talk, you talk about the Astros. If Marlon Gonzalez in the lineup, is that a guy that you would consider, can, you know, trying to get a little bit more pieces of that Astros lineup just for 3,200 or to the fact that it's first base, there's other options there? I think that that is a really good way of going about that. I, I kind of overlooked him when I was when I was going down the board to see you know what I would consider uh, beyond that top tier. But I think that he he definitely makes some sense just because it's a it's a cheap way of getting exposure to that Astro stack that I, that I imagine is going to uh, you know kind of take Trevor Bauer to the woodshed a little bit. Now the price is right, but unfortunately the streak is wrong for Hanley Ramirez thirty one hundred. But I mean. Uh, you talk about a guy who's missing David Ortiz in a lineup. I mean, I think he's the number one candidate right now. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that everybody just assumed that he would just pick up where he left off. And I don't know why that was the assumption. People don't realize how important Ortiz was in that lineup. And so far, I think Haley Ramirez is the guy that's affected the most. Although the salary's at 3100 although the matchup is okay, I can't get into it. I can't buy into it. I think that's another one that might be a trap where, you're, well, I'm saving money, but are you getting any enough productivity? Right especially in the GPPs to hit pay lines. Let's go to the other side of the board here. Third base, top of the board, Nolan Arenado at 4,200. Let's stop and talk with him because I do like this matchup tonight for him. I do like him going against Benia. I imagine at some point, too, because of Benia's limitations, you're going to see a fair amount of middle relief pitching in that game. So can you get behind Nolan Arenado in that top of the board salary today? Oh, for sure. It's it's uh, it's going to be tough if, if, you, if you, know, you want to construct your lineup uh, that way to um, – to avoid Arenado uh, because 4,200 for uh, a guy that's playing at a ballpark that is, you know, borderline Corsian and in, in how many home runs uh, can oh, go out did there. Did you just coin a phrase? Corsian? I like that. Yeah, there we go, man. You were on fire last couple out. weeks. Corsian. <laughs> you had one last week. I got to start writing these down. Hold on. Corsian. Okay, good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Arenado, I know he went yard on Thursday um, and it was a total shot. Um, so it's it's really hard to avoid him at 4,200. You know, if it was like 4,600 or something like that, I think I, you'd have to kind of think twice about it a little bit more. But, geez, uh, that's, that's, that still just feels like a bargain for me here because of that upside. Now, we might have a little argument here because I know Michael Franco is at 3,200 
I get it. Uh, but is that the weather is iffy? I know that's a problem. Sure. It looks like you're on the Michael Franco, but are you concerned at all about that he got dropped in the lineup the other day? Is that starting to concern you that maybe they're not losing confidence, but maybe that he's losing confidence a little bit? I mean, there's certainly those concerns, and, and there's not a whole lot of numbers to really back up uh, using Franco this evening. Uh, so it's really just sort of a, an on. Well, it's the same thing. thing with Hanley. It's like you right. know, it's it's on faith of this is a guy who's better than thirty one hundred, better than Franco's better than thirty two hundred. He had a home run last night. That's a positive. Maybe they're starting to break out of it. You see the little signs. I'm not saying it's a bad play, but I mean, I'm just saying it's maybe it's a point where it's a little bit more concern. Is this sure. is this like a multiple lineup thing where you you know you have to be playing more than one lineup to have Franco going? I, w- I would think so, and you know, like at the same price point, you know, you got Rendon who's who's going to be playing in Atlanta, which is you know proving to be a launching pad so far. I think that Nationals offense, uh, you know, even even with the Ra Dickey knuckleballer factor, I think they can uh, run into a few of those there. So Franco definitely, you know, a guy that you're putting in probably like your third lineup, but I really trust the traits there and. Uh, going against Hellickson, I, I think, or he's not going against Hellickson, but um, no, he's going I mean, against Williams tonight. That's right. Well, I mean, Williams has gotten lit up uh, several times this year. I know that Franco, like you, like you mentioned, dropped in the order, um, but I, I do think that uh, it's all still there. I, I'm just waiting for it to turn around, and I think that maybe going against Pittsburgh uh, helps that again. Uh, whether you're going to have to look out for though. Well, I'm telling you, also for me, the lamb is on the menu tonight. I know it's expensive, but. Against right-handed pitching, it's a fine cut, and I want the mid-jelly, and the mid-jelly on top of it is Jared Weaver. But look, against right-handed pitching this year, Jake Lamb hitting three thirty with a four seventeen on base and a six twenty one slugging. That's 1,000-plus oh OPS there. So uh, Jake Lamb, well worth the 4000 If you don't want to go and you want to get a couple hundred dollars at least, but you want a big-time third baseman, I think that's definitely the way to go. All right, let's go over to the middle infield. Let's start with second base here. And let's talk a little about DJ LeMahieu tonight. What are your thoughts on LeMahieu? Um, I, I like him a good bit um, because you know that's a good that's a relatively inexpensive way of of getting uh, that that Rockies exposure at Great American Ballpark against Bonilla and you know he's he always hits in the top third of the lineup uh, so you know he's going to get you know at least four at bats there uh, I just think that the price the price really is is what kind of does it for me here and you you don't really have a ton of like extra base hit upside uh, of late from him but. I just like his ability to get on base here and, and come around to score a few times. So I think that, you know, double digits uh, is certainly expected, at least for me, uh, as far as LeMahieu is concerned uh, tonight. I think Devin Travis also makes some sense uh, moving down the board a little bit. Uh, 2,800. Uh, Chris Taylor, um, he's he might play third base. Um, he might be Justin Turner's fill-in, but that means that, you know, he does have a spot in the lineup that, you know, he's been a guy that you got to kind of check back and see that to make sure that he's in before deploying him. But I think Taylor uh, makes a little bit of sense there at 2,900 as well. Oh, I'm glad you uh, brought up Devin Travis too, because that guy who's slowly starting to turn things around. And I think that's a, you know, a lot of people don't realize it. you know, eventually a guy just kind of gets forgotten, right. you know, he's been so bad. I can't get, you know, Devin Travis. And then people just don't trust him. And then they forget about him altogether. But when your salary is still that low and all of a sudden you're starting to hit a little bit, then that changes things significantly. And if you're not paying attention to those trends enough, I mean, that's how you make hay in daily fantasy. You've really got to be on top of these things. And there is some weather possibly involved in Baltimore. We'll see what happens as, you know, we get closer to game time. But, you know, keep that in mind because, you know, it, the 2800 Devin Travis is a guy that allows you to have the $12,000 Chris sale and, yes. and allows you to have him responsibly. 
which I think that's the thing that you want to be able to do. It's like, I don't want to just spend $2,800 on some crap guy. And baseball is a game of streaks more than any other. I think people also need to realize mm-hmm. that the hot streaks, the cold streaks, I don't care what Todd Zola tells you, they do matter. Because when you play the game, you realize when you're feeling good at the plate, it's very different than when you're not feeling good at the plate. <laughs> and yeah, and it's it's very evident even for you know guys like us that are just you know like watching a few games a day. It's like, well, that guy looks completely lost right now, or, or that guy's completely locked in. Yeah. Now let's talk about Trey Turner too. There was a window there where he was starting over at shortstop to look like he was starting to turn things around. Then the last two days, uh, he's zero for nine. I mean, what do we make of this with Trey Turner? Because I don't feel like the salary is adjusted enough for him at 4000 I just I feel like he's still – the algorithm is just way too friendly towards him and the skill set where if he was 3600 if he was like Zach Kozar price, I would be happy with him. But, I mean, he's not having Zach Kozar type season right now, and I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, bizarre. Boy, Trey Turner is no Zach Kozar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like, come on, let's pump the brakes here. He's no cozy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Turner, uh, you know, for, for how awesome he is and how big of a threat he is once he gets on base, that yeah, the fact of the matter is he, he's still a young guy. I mean, this is really his first uh, full season. So there are, you know, some of those growing pains there. So, geez, uh, the fact that he's 4,000, uh, same price as a guy like uh, Gene Segura, who's just been absolutely on fire hit a three-run shot uh last night um i I think that turner uh really is a little bit more boomer bust than than we might have anticipated at least uh at this stage of the season uh so i'm probably avoiding him as well i think kozar's at 3600 is a huge bargain tonight i really do he's got the lefty righty Mm -hmm. matchup it's it's in his favor uh to me i don't care if it's chuck i don't care if it's you know as i say sometimes you want to just you know drench yourself in the chalk because sometimes it's the right answer and look for 3600 you're not breaking the bank to continue to do that uh let's talk about tim anderson for a second he had a big yes. home run last night he's facing ariel miranda i know this is another guy kind of like travis where we start to forget because they've been so bad for such an extended period however two home runs in the last three games 15 or more points in those last three games Tim Anderson, 29, might even be another guy that you can maybe make it middle infield at 2,900 of Anderson, 2,800 in Devin Travis, and feel pretty good about Chris Hill. No, I, I really like Tim Anderson tonight. Uh, you know, uh, I don't have a ton of faith in, in who the uh, Mariners are throwing out there uh, with Ariel Miranda, who's kind of like nominally their number one right now just because of all the rotation injuries. But yeah, Tim Anderson batting over 400 over the last two weeks, hitting 583 this week uh, with a 1.3 or 1.91 uh, OPS. So that uh, he's just absolutely mashing right now. And he's also a good guy uh, for steals, or he, he at least has the speed. Even if he doesn't have that those gaudy stolen base numbers, he's a guy that can definitely uh, you know swipe a bag there once he gets on base. So uh, 2,900, I think uh, Anderson is probably my favorite uh, value, like value at shortstop this evening. All right, baseball is back, and you don't want to get stranded on first base without a Rotowire subscription. And don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. So go to fanduel.com slash Rotowire to claim it. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible, and users may only establish one FanDuel account. That's fanduel.com slash Rotowire. Let's get to the outfield. Johnny McKechnie. Bryce Harper, top of the board, 49, Trout, 47, Betts, 45, Judge, 43, Cruz, 43, and Charlie Blackman, 41. So of these guys, uh, Blackman tonight in this lineup against Cincinnati, um, always a big fan of his. He's got the matchup against Bonilla. 
to me, I think of all these top tier guys, he's the most appealing. Do you agree or disagree with that? I think my my only counter to it would probably be uh, Nelson Cruz. Um, I mean, he's he's been stinging the ball. Uh, he's going against a lefty in in Quintana, who's you know one of the better ones, at least on paper, that the White Sox have. But uh, at this stage, he hasn't he hasn't really pitched up to to our expectations. No. And, Cruz against a left-hander, I think, is always someone you got to at least consider. Uh, so 4,300 4, makes some sense there. But, I mean, yeah, Blackman, uh, I'm never going to argue against a guy like Charlie Blackman. I mean, his, his walk-up song is Use Your Love Tonight by the Outfield. Uh, the guy's just an absolute stud. <laughs> Even though he went to Georgia Tech and I went to Georgia, you know, I'll, I'll give him a pass there. But, yeah, you're Blackman, good man. Blackman you're, you're such a good guy, John. That's a good, <laughs> all right, Matt Kemp, uh, also 4,000. And, you know, I know that Freddie Freeman's now out of the lineup, but – it should not be lost on people how good Matt Kemp has been this year, hitting 330 with six bombs, 23 RBI. I mean, it should not be lost at how good. Now, now the problem with Kemp is he can be a bit of an all-or-nothing guy. He's like a huge knight or a three. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that is something that it's tournament only, but it's something to keep in mind and, and be aware of uh, as you're going through there. Uh, we talked about some of those Diamondbacks, too. Is Yosemite Tomas and his power on the docket as well tonight against Jared Weaver? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I, I'm not going to be going uh, super hard after Yasmani Tomas. I, I've been burned by him enough to maybe I'm I'm kind of uh, underthinking this a little bit, you know, especially when he does have Weaver and, you know, he's away even at 3,700. That's still not totally breaking the bank as far as your outfield. You, you know, like if you wanted to use him as like your highest priced outfielder um, and, you know, you get Lamb or Goldschmidt elsewhere in your lineup. I think Tomas uh, definitely makes some sense. But, you know, if I'm just trying to, like, fill in my roster with, like, 3,900 left to play around with in the outfield, I'm probably uh, not using him as, like, a one-off from that uh, Diamondbacks lineup, if that makes sense. Now, I feel like there's a bold prediction coming from you with Cargo tonight. Uh, the home run streak or the home run drought, as it were, uh, that's going to end tonight. I think, you know, he's a left-handed bat in great American ballpark. We've been talking about the Rockies all show. And I think that uh, his his price, you know, he's still, it still feels like he's being disrespected down at, was he like 2,900 uh, yeah. this evening? So yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, the skills are there. Um, I don't think that uh, they're, they're diminishing it yet to, you know, maybe what the numbers are, are suggesting to this point in the season. But I, I just think the Rockies are going to scratch so many runs across uh, tonight. I think that he's just such a huge value. Uh, I am going to say that he's going to break that home run drought tonight. All right. Now, if we're just looking for some home runs and, you know, trying to target some bombs, what about Adam Duvall against Tyler Anderson, the lefty-righty matchup there at home in that ballpark? We all know Duvall's power. We all know that. Is that a guy, too, maybe tournament-wise? You're looking for that bomb. He's the guy. I've had way too much Adam Duvall so I'm, this week because I kept on waiting for for a home run from him uh, down at Wrigley when the when the wind was blowing like straight out like 20 miles an hour and like even Cozart hit hit a home run that would have been a home run like one percent of the time otherwise according to Statcast uh, and Duvall still couldn't do it for me so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on Duvall personally tonight but I, I can definitely see the case that you're making you know ballpark plus uh the split uh platoon advantage there now I've been talking about this guy all week uh as a value in outfield talked about him on Tuesday's podcast talked about him on Thursday's podcast I'm gonna talk about him today and if you've been listening you're getting good value out of him it's Michael Taylor at 3200 I understand you might not love the spot in the lineup he hits I get all that but if you've been playing them all week, you're getting at least three to four times value at minimum from Michael Taylor and at 3,200 tonight. 
I'm still looking at that. Yeah, it's R.A. Dickey, whatever that is. But R.A. Dickey is going to yeah, probably give up some runs. <laughs> so right. um, I'm looking at Michael Taylor as another guy where there's a cost-efficient savings there. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there's another trap for you, too. Over in that Pittsburgh game, the trap is Andrew McCutcheon at 32. You see the name Andrew McCutcheon, and I know you're still thinking good, happy thoughts about three, four years ago of what you thought Andrew McCutcheon was. But right now, I mean, I don't want to say he's done, but he's done. Yeah, can I say that? Is, that? is that fair to say? I just I feel like I know he had, like I know he had a good night the other night, and I get it. And I see people start to say, "Well, you know, he turned it around. He had two steals the other night." You can't count on that. I mean, you can't count on uh, on what a guy hitting two twenty so far, a guy who's given you so many zeros, and that's my problem too. So many nights where there's just zeros, which I know right. there's no negative anymore in FanDuel scoring, but holy crap, those zeros will kill you, especially in the tournaments, which is where he has appeal because of the salary. Right. I mean, like, uh, can you imagine if, if the Nationals had ended up trading for McCutcheon, you know, with like the, the sort of uh, the haul that the, that the White Sox ended up getting? What if they sent that to Pittsburgh for what they, well, what, what they wonder, could have been getting in return for McCutcheon? That's a great point, but I wonder if that actually would have helped him being in an order like that with zero pressure on him and just kind of being the byproduct of being in an order with Murphy and Harper and all those guys. But he's embraced being the guy in Pittsburgh for so long that I, I don't think yeah, he wants but, to be that shy guy. I don't think he wants to be the shy guy, but I'm saying statistically seeing some fastballs would certainly help. Oh, sure. Okay. You know, I, I, see mean, your that, point I think there. that's what I'm saying. I think the problem is he is the guy in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh has nobody else. Right. You know, with Polanco's injury and, and with, you know, Star Marte suspension. I mean, that team is just really depleted right now. Mm-hmm. And it gets to a certain point where you go, all right, well, there, there's who, why do I have to pitch to Andrew McCutcheon? And I think he desperately needs to get out of there. I think that's the only way you could possibly fathom uh, a good spot for him. Uh, anybody else here? I mean, for me, Odabel Herrera against the righty Trevor Williams is another one at 3000. I think is a great cost savings. I, I know he's been cold lately, but this is a guy that I believe has the skill set to turn it around quick and at night. And I, and I'll tell you what, it's crazy, but I feel better about Odabel Herrera at three K with his matchup than I do about Andrew McCutcheon at this point, despite the fact McCutcheon's yeah. put up a couple of good games. Uh, I'm on board with I'm I'm on board with Herrera too. I think that that's a that's a nice matchup, and yeah, I definitely prefer him uh, over as as weird as it is to say uh, over McCutcheon at this point. Um, I like George Springer going back up a little bit at 3600. You know, just uh, targeting Bauer as much as I can. I think Lorenzo Cain uh, against Santiago. Uh, he's a you know he's a guy that gets the uh, gets the platoon advantage there going against a lefty. So I think Kane is a guy that just never really gets like the, the ownership love uh, in, in, in a tournament. So I think that he's a guy that, you know, is going to return some value for you. And, you know, he's probably going to be like five or 6% owned. I'm glad you brought up Lorenzo Kane. Cause actually uh, when I was working with FanDuel a couple of years ago, uh, I did a, you know, cost efficient study in terms of player return on value. And for the first half, uh, two years ago, the first half of the season, he was the most cost-effective outfielder in, in FanDuel scoring because the algorithm just seemed to never catch up with him, but the skill set was always there. Now, unfortunately, so far, the power hasn't been there for Kane. Right. Uh, but I think there's another guy that he, I would be very surprised if he wasn't moved. Uh, I'm sure that Kansas City is going to be bloodletting a lot of these guys. And if and when yeah. Kane does get moved, should he get moved to the Nationals and bump Michael Taylor out or whatever, wherever Kane ends up, Hopefully that'll be something that sparks him out. All right, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. Follow me at JoePizzaPS17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great day of daily fantasy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.